you're listening to the Knowing Motherhood podcast. I'm your host, Linnell Peters, and it's an honor to walk alongside you in motherhood, whether the journey is just beginning or you're right in the thick of it. I believe that your worth as a mother is not based on your performance and that your greatest strength is the love that you have for your children, whether they're in your arms or only in your heart. My prayer is that this little corner of the podcast world will leave you feeling more equipped, more hopeful, and less alone than when you arrived. Hey friends, I hope you're having a good week and are feeling a little more prepared for Christmas than I do right now. Honestly, how is it five weeks away? Anyways, I'm glad you're here today. I hope you feel right at home and if this is your first time listening in, welcome. We're in the middle of our series on maternal mental health and last week's episode was focused specifically on understanding perinatal mood disorders. It's a really thorough look at perinatal mood disorders and so if you haven't had a chance to listen to it, I would really recommend doing that soon because you're going to learn a lot that could potentially help you to help others or if you're walking through a perinatal mood disorder, it would definitely help you as well. I'm really happy that you're listening in to today's episode because I have my new friend Gretchen Sapples joining me. Gretchen is a wife and a mother of two precious little boys. She's a writer, a speaker, an artist, and founder of Well-Watered Women. It's a company that provides beautiful tools and resources for studying God's Word and being well-equipped for whatever He's called us to. Uh, Gretchen and I talk about the anxiety that she's battled over the past few years and her honesty is both moving and encouraging. I really admire the beautiful way that she points us back to Jesus again and again while recognizing the need that we sometimes have for the help that God provides through doctors and other professionals. We discuss the shame that comes with anxiety, how being aware of our limitations is important for mental health, and why keeping our eyes on Jesus and being well-watered truly makes all the difference in this life. Gretchen has a gift for sharing her heart, and I know you're going to be blessed by our conversation today. Gretchen, welcome to the podcast. Hey, hey, Linnell. It's so good to have you. Thank you so much. It's such a joy to be here. Yes, we've had to try a few times to to make this happen. So this feels like a big achievement to actually be talking today. <laughs> yes, it definitely has been a little bit more work, but I'm so thankful that we actually found a time where no children were sick, that we could be able to hop on and have this conversation. Yeah, definitely. And it's such an important conversation. And I'm so grateful for um, just having followed you on social media, actually, for uh, quite a while now, quite a few years now. You've just been very encouraging to my own relationship with the Lord um, in many ways. And I think that the way that you've shared a little bit about your own experience with anxiety um, has been... I I believe really helpful probably for so many women because you continue to display God's faithfulness in your life and your dependency on him and Mm. the fruit of, of, I think what we see in your life really displays that commitment um, and his faithfulness to you. So thanks so much for joining me today. Do you want to share a little bit about yourself and um, what you do, who you are? Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I have been married to my husband for seven years this month. We're celebrating our anniversary in two weeks, and we have two little boys, one named Nolan, and he is a little over four, and then Haddon turned one in July. And I never thought I'd be a boy mom. I always thought I would have girls, and um, God just surprised me with how much I adore these little boys. So my my husband and I, we'd love to travel we love uh, missions. We love to go to new places and we love being outside and just going on little adventures with our boys and making memories. I also own a ministry and business called Well-Watered Women. And the whole purpose of it is to equip women to be rooted deeply in God's word. And we do that through blog resources, social media content that I pray is a light in the darkness and an arrow pointing women to Christ. 
And we also do it through creating Bible study resources. So for instance, we have a quiet time journal called the Give Me Jesus Journal and several Bible studies and um, just dif- different resources that will help women dig deeper in the word. And I hope it will help them cultivate just a deep desire to know the Lord and to really abide in him through throughout their daily life. Hmm. Yes, yes. I every time um, I see you share again online about um, these these different resources, I always just have such a sense of strength. I is that I don't even know if that makes yeah. sense, but I just sense strength um, in what you are not only writing, but what you're you guys are creating and and putting yeah. out there, and uh, it's exciting. And Thank I am you. definitely hoping to get my hands on. Is it? Um, Unshaken that you just released? Yes, that is. So that journal goes right along with what we're going to be talking about. And when you were saying that about, you know, when you see the product shared, one thing, anything that we make is born out of just like a deep desire and a need. It's never made just because like, oh, that that's a good idea. We should do that. But right. um, it's born from, you know, either the trenches of walking it out with the Lord and right. just from being in his word. And that's where the Unshaken Faith Prayer Journal came from, from this um, season of anxiety that I've walked through the past few years and um, really learning what it means to come before the Lord in prayer to meditate on his truth. I don't think we meditate on the word as much as we think we do. And mm-hmm. whenever I see it in the Psalms and the Old Testament and just seeing people I mean, Psalm 1, it's kind of the basis for the Psalms. It says that um, that person, that blessed person, meditates on the law of the Lord day and night, you know, and mm. I think, oh, am I doing that? Yeah, but the, yeah. they know the secret. And and it all goes back to Isaiah 26, 3, that when we stay our mind on the Lord, we experience his perfect peace. Mm-hmm. And that's the purpose of the journal, to provide a little bit of a framework Because in moments of fear and anxiety and overwhelm, one thing that can happen in our brains is we just forget what to do. Like we just can't think clearly. And Mm -hmm. I wanted to create something that someone could open up to it in that moment and have kind of a framework of what to do. Okay, first, God, I'm going to declare who you are. I'm going to confess what's on my heart. Um, I'm going to surrender these worries and fears to you. And I'm going to preach the truth to my heart. And so really to provide that opportunity for women. And and also I hope that it's something that as they use the journal, when they get to the end of it, and I always encourage women with journals and um, with our products and, and even you can use this with your own journal, but to go back at the end and review what God has answered, um, what he's been teaching, review what's been happening in your heart and in your mind. And I'm hoping that that journal really helps women do that. So that one was born out of my own season and just, and really doing the the structure in that journal in my own just random line journals. And I thought, you know what? I bet there's other women who this could really benefit and help them just remember that in Christ, we are unshaken. Mm, I love that. I love that. Yeah. I actually, when you were talking there, just wrote down, declare, confess, surrender. It's always mm. good. And was there one more step after that that you Preach said? truth. Preach, preach truth. truth. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love yeah. that so much. And I just think that that's the way. And I'm learning that as well in my life right now, just how important it is to first, before anything else, um, is to declare who God is. You mm. are. You are. Because as soon as we do that, we take the focus off of ourselves. And that yes. gets our minds rooted in the right direction or, or right. you know, focused in the right direction. And yeah, that's so good. Wow. Well, we're talking about stuff that I thought we were going to be talking about all the way down the road that's in our conversation. Of, that's but, which, sort of how I go, though. That's sort of, I'm like, let's just get in there. Let's just go. Yes, right away, I so. love that. Yes. Yeah. And you know what? We prayed that the Holy Spirit would lead this conversation. So that was exactly what we meant, were meant to talk about at the beginning. <laughs> okay. Well, would you mind sharing a little bit about your motherhood story? how and where the struggle with anxiety started and kind of continued during those years? Absolutely. Well, I always wanted to be a mama growing up. So I remember 
we have it on video somewhere, but when I was seven, I did a class presentation and presented that I wanted to be a wife, a mama, and a missionary someday. And in some <laughs> ways, I'm doing those three things by God's grace, even though the missionary aspect may not look overseas, um, I still am, am aiming to be missional, you know, where we live and through the ministry of well-watered women. And when my husband and I got married, we waited about two and a half years before um, we got pregnant with our first. And during those years, we traveled. I mean, we did so much fun, like fun stuff together. So when we got pregnant, you know, it was, it was a bit of a shock because we had to realize, okay, we can't necessarily do everything that we were doing before. And we actually were in the process to move overseas before we got pregnant um, to do missions. And when we found out we were having our, our first son, we knew that that was just not the right timing. And so I, I became a mom of four, little four and a half years ago to Nolan. And it was different than I expected it to be. It was a lot harder than I expected, but also so much more beautiful and precious. And I have a mentor who, she was my pastor's wife in college where I lived and is still a mentor to me. And she's got five children. And I remember telling her before I ever met my husband saying, I want to have five kids. I want to have five or six kids. And she would just look at me and she loves the Lord. And she would just go, are you afraid of hard work? And I would, I was like, it's not going to be hard. I can do this. And so it just cracks me up now because I'll call her and I'll be like, Carla, this is so hard. What do I do? Um, So anyways, we had our first and um, it really was, it was, I would say like um, about two months after that anxiety really began to hit, I was so extremely exhausted. Um, I still had too much on my plate. We lived away from family, so we didn't have any family near us. So that means you don't have your mom to call and say, hey, can you come yeah, um, take the baby yeah. for a little bit? I still had a business. Um, and then my birth just... It, my first birth experience was not one of those easy ones. Um, didn't go mm. how I planned and my epidural didn't work. It, it just was, birth was traumatic and it was a shock. And I didn't realize how traumatic it mm. was until later on. Um, so really just the exhaustion was, it really brought on some of the anxiety. And um, I also was diagnosed with a postpartum thyroid condition called Hashimoto's. And, um, so, you know, my thyroid was not working correctly, so I was extremely tired. And, um, so it made those first, oh, six months at least with my first, with my first son pretty hard. Um, you know, I love him so much, but it was also just a hard season physically for me. My body Mm -hmm. went through so many changes. Um, and that's just, that's not even mentally, but like truly physically so much was going on. Um, and then we had my second little boy about a year ago and, um, that was an, almost like a night and day difference. And I think one, because God really prepared me, um, I was a lot more realistic in my expectations of motherhood and birth and newborn and all of that. And, um, so yeah, it, it was a lot different the second time around, thankfully, but I love them so much and I still feel like, um, Sometimes I'll look at them and be like, I can't believe I'm a mom. I can't believe, like, I'm actually a mom. These two mm. little boys are my sons, and uh, that still mm. never ceases to amaze me. Mm. Yeah, what a gift. What a gift. But we definitely encounter so many different things that are unexpected, um, you yeah. know, especially in that first season of being a mom. Even if it's easy, there's still a lot of things and that are difficult. Um so you've kind of touched on, um, you know, some of the challenges um, that you've experienced. Mm-hmm. Um, what was your anxiety level like following or with your second pregnancy? Was, did, did it feel comparable? Was it kind of still ongoing or do you feel it- like... Cause you, It sounds like the first birth obviously was a lot more difficult and that's naturally something that can really bring out um, postpartum anxiety uh, following a birth like that. How, what was it like for you after you had um, 
your youngest? Yeah. Well, the second was completely different. Um, one thing I did go on anxiety medication before giving birth to my second, um, my gynecologists were so wise and just kind of even looking back, we had actually, um, had a crazy, I, I found out I was pregnant with him the day we, my husband left for a new state to start his new job. And I had to pack up the house that week. So, Literally, like, we started that pregnancy in transition and lived Mm. with my parents for seven months of that pregnancy and then moved an hour and a half away in the seventh month (laughs) that I gave birth in the ninth month. So there was so much stress during that time. Um, And so Mm. I I think that helped. I also um, really believe in Christian counseling and the benefits of seeing a wise counselor to help you um, process. And that's what helped me a whole lot during that season as well. Um, and then I think too, my thyroid condition had a role to play in that first birth too. So my thyroid is something that's Mm. monitored very regularly now with the doctors. So I think that that also is just a physical, um, you know, something physical that is being monitored. And I'm really thankful for that too. But I think also my first, I just had very unrealistic expectations of, myself, of my husband, my baby, um, how everything would go. And I think that's Mm -hmm. easy to happen with your first. Um, my, I saw my friend Abby Wedgworth wrote once, you think you're the perfect parent until you become one. And that's so (laughs) true. You're you're like, Oh, Mm -hmm. my children will never watch TV and they'll never eat a lollipop, you know, stuff. And then they're like six months old and they're watching TV, eating lollipop. Not that, but, um, you know, I think that we set ourselves up in a lot of ways, comparing ourselves to other people and, um, you know, thinking things should be a certain way. And when they're not, we can miss the beauty that really is there, the things Mm -hmm. that God is doing. So second time around, Mm -hmm. I feel like my eyes have been more open to see that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's something that has surprised you about being a mother? You know, I think it surprised me that I wouldn't always just be like, oh, I'm so ready to do the dishes. And <laughs> this is, I mean, this is hilarious. This is my dreamer. I was like, I'm just going to love doing the laundry all the time and the dishes, you know, stuff like that. Or um, (laughs) it's going to always be easy to take my kids to the grocery store and I can't wait to wear, you know, just certain things like that that I'm like, wait a second, this is a bit harder than I expected. Um, And so I think also just being so exhausted, Um, (laughs) even my boys are older, but it is tiring. It's really tiring. And I do go back to um, what my mentor said that, it is hard work. It's hard and holy and beautiful work. Mm -hmm. And, um, I love it so much. I mean, just the fierce love for my boys is just like off the charts. Like I I just can't even the way that my heart like longs for them, even when they go to bed at night and I'll lay down in bed and I'll go, Oh, I just want to go hold them again. And I just think it's so incredible the bond that God creates and you just can't you know, you can't imagine that until you hold that baby in your arms. And then you're like, wow, um, this is just unexplainable. Yeah. Yeah. So true. So true. Can you share a little bit about your, uh, struggle with anxiety, um, in a little bit more detail? Um, this we're right now we're in, we're just starting, um, a series on maternal mental health and, Mm -hmm. For me personally, one of the goals is to um, expand a little bit more on the different levels of anxiety because Mm. it truly, the word anxiety is used all the time and it can range from normal worries and fears, you know, that kind of pop up at different times during the day to like a severe anxiety disorder that where the brain is literally malfunctioning and not working properly or panic, panic disorder where there's panic attacks happening constantly. And then there's anxiety where, you know, you're having like, um, your body is carrying like a heavy amount of stress and worry constantly, Mm -hmm. but your brain isn't necessarily creating fears that are, you know, under the umbrella of paranoia or something along those lines. Does that make sense? Right. 
Yeah, so yeah. I was wondering, would you be willing to kind of expand a little bit more on what your journey with anxiety has been like, as much as you yeah. feel comfortable sharing? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I do agree. You know, maybe before I had kids and I didn't have my first panic attack till a year after um, giving birth and the circumstances of that were crazy. We were going overseas on a mission trip with my one-year-old son. I'd been so busy. I mean, I think the week before I had traveled with him to Texas by myself to speak at a women's gathering. I mean, my, my schedule was just completely not a healthy schedule during that time. And so before I think I was, I would say, you know, what growing up, I dealt with worry. I would worry about things, but not anxiety as I know it now. Maybe back then I would have thought it was anxiety, but now I just see worry and anxiety is so different. Like anxiety is almost the next level where it, your body becomes consumed too. You feel it in your body. Mm-hmm. Um, and my threshold had been so high and I think of it as like if you stretch a rubber band for a really long time, you know, it loses its elasticity and then it eventually just breaks. It just doesn't right. go back to where it's supposed to be. And that's where I, that's where that first panic attack, like it just finally broke. I could not hold everything together, couldn't keep going at that speed. And I was also in a small place and couldn't get off of a nine hour flight. <laughs> and so it was just like the makings and my baby cried. It was, it was like a nine-hour flight, and he cried probably eight hours. Like, he would not oh calm down goodness. no matter what. And so oh, it hard. was – and I didn't know it was a panic attack then, though. So um, okay. there actually was probably some physical things going on, too. I had um, – I ended up having my gallbladder taken out because it wasn't functioning uh, properly either. And so um, just a lot of different things. But once I experienced the panic for the first time um, – it really set in a fear of it coming back and which it did over and over for the, for the next couple of years. Um, and through that process and that journey, I feel like it's been the journey of like the great undoing of, of Gretchen and God remaking Mm -hmm. me in the wholeness of, of who I really am in Christ. And also knowing like we live in a fallen world and our bodies are broken Um, you know, there's, there's diseases that come, cancer, anxiety, worry, our brains don't always function properly. And I don't know how people go through that without the hope of the gospel, because sometimes I just think this is going to be gone someday. I mean, just imagine it. These things will not, they won't be a thing anymore when we're in heaven with the Lord. And I just rejoice in that. And it gives me so much hope. Um, so yeah, that's, you know, after, after giving birth is when, you know, I started having postpartum anxiety, but the first panic attack was a year later and it coincided with a lot of physical things like my gallbladder not working, having, um, a schedule that was uh, unrealistically packed. And, um, and I believe God was also gracious to allow that to happen because I couldn't keep going at that speed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, being uh, too busy, having too much, not only on you, you know, physically and mentally, but even the emotional as- mm-hmm. aspect, you know, that you're talking about, like where a baby crying on a plane for eight hours out of right. a nine hour flight. Um, mm-hmm. Those are the things that can really set this off for mothers, especially. Um, it, it's really difficult to keep keep yourself together. And we feel such a heavy responsibility for our children, especially when Mm -hmm. they're so young, right? So it's really Mm -hmm. difficult to ask for help. Um, It's difficult to let other people come in and care give because then you feel like you're less of a mother. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's another thing that I want to, I'm not saying that that's what you've experienced, but I think in general for women, often we don't recognize the depth of the struggle that's going right. on mentally and emotionally for us. And yeah. and physically, I mean, you're explaining uh, another component to this, which is that physical things going on within the body, it's kind of interesting. They can be caused by anxiety mm-hmm. and busyness, but they also can be the cause. Of, right. Right? So it, right. I, I, 
Yeah. yeah, it's it's important to remember that that it can go both ways, and yeah. so we that's why we have to be so gentle with each other um, as mothers. We really do. We need to be, and we have to go that extra mile and ask the questions more sometimes more than once. How are you doing? You know, can yes. I can I help you? Um, mm-hmm. Because some moms, and I'm one of those moms, I did not ask for the help I needed um, in many seasons that were really hard, and I should yeah. have. I should have been willing to let other people come in but I didn't want anyone to see the weakness in me and mm-hmm. that was just you know I you know what I love about what you were just sharing the most is when yeah. you said that it was like it was your the undoing of Gretchen and God remaking you yeah. through that that time and I relate so much because that's exactly how I feel about the last two years the Lord allowed this the severity of the perinatal mood disorder that I've walked through, I believe that he's allowed it to to draw me closer to him and to re redo, remake, re um, establish a lot of things that were missing in my walk with him and mm-hmm. just you know, it's really incredible when we can look back and see that. But in the middle of it, it's so hard. It's so hard. Yes. How did yeah I don't know if I actually um um, prepared you for this question or not, but share as you feel comfortable. How did you find this journey um, affected your marriage? Um, or how did you and your husband kind of, um, you know, was it easy to communicate with him about it? No, not always because um, a lot of husbands are fixers. And mm. some of this stuff, you just can't fix the problem right away. So, um, so yeah, it was hard on our marriage and I really, you know, I came to him with, with things, but then that's also where I have had, I have wise women in my life I can go to, to talk to as well. Mm -hmm. Um, so he's not carrying the load all by himself. I just, for us personally, I think that's important. Um, not that he doesn't want to, I mean, he does, he is there for me 1000%. But there just comes a time where sometimes I need to call, um, you know, a mentor or my mom to talk for a little bit too, because he's also carrying a lot of weights. So he has been so encouraging though, um, along the way, and it has been hard on him, um, to see me sometimes in the, you know, in a place where it's not where I'm trying to think of how to say it. It's just not like I'm, I'm like myself at 40% instead of a hundred percent, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and that's hard on me too, but yeah. it's in that, I mean, that's what marriage is, right? It's for better yes. or for worse. And, yeah. um, we both have the for worse parts that we bring to the table and God gives us the grace and the strength, um, to really live out the, the for better and the, um, you know, just the perseverance in that. That's what a godly marriage is built upon, not on the ease, but on finding hope in Christ and serving one another um, out of our love for him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's so much um, forgiveness and understanding and empathy that's needed in, in these kinds of things that we, we walk through together. Yeah. Um, how has God, you know, displayed his power uh, to you through the your weakness in in this area. Yeah, I think in so many ways. Oh my goodness. So mm-hmm. just a few months, I was um, studying 2 Corinthians 9 or 12, 9 through 11. And it's the passage that we all know, we're all familiar with about how, um, you know, his grace is sufficient for us. His power is made perfect in weakness. But as I kept reading it and reading about how, you know, Paul had just pleaded with God that this thorn in the flesh would be taken away, but it wasn't. Mm. And so his new commitment was, okay, I'm going to boast in this so I can know the power of Christ more. So it will rest fully upon me. And I just kept thinking, I don't want to miss the mystery and the blessing of this hardship, of this suffering, of this brokenness. I don't want to miss the power of God in this, um, and knowing that mm. it's almost like the, the more I know how weak I am, the more I'm just blown away by how strong he is and how faithful he is in our weakness. And, um, mm. I mean, I even just think of, I've, I've had several speaking events just the past, um, several months and it's a lot 
to do that in this season of life with two young boys and a ministry and a business and a, you know, family and anxiety was hard. There was a lot of other stuff going on too. And it was in those moments where, where I just said, God, I'm going to do this in your strength because I'm completely weak that he showed up. He showed up in the willingness to be weak. And, and so I think, um, Sometimes we just, we want to pray to God and it go away and it to be easy. But really sometimes what it looks like is we pray to God and he says, okay, know the truth and you've got to walk through it. And, um, and so to keep walking with the courage and, you know, just even studying courage, courage isn't without fear. Courage is going forward with fear in confidence and we do that with the Lord. We go forward in confidence. Yes, maybe the anxiety and the fear are still there, but he will display his power in our weakness in that. So the more um, I trust him and even get out of my comfort zone in certain areas like that, and maybe I feel very weak or maybe I feel very anxious, um, but I'm choosing. I mean, sometimes it's just like moment by moment to trust him. I always experience. He never has let me down. He's never, it's mm-hmm. never been like, well, that was a total failure. God failed me. Never. I've never, never. experienced that. That's and you'll never see that in God's word. You'll never hear a story where somebody went forward in that faith, trusting him. And, you know, it doesn't mean that the result is always success as the world looks at it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But God is always faithful. Always, always. Yes. Yeah, he is. What do you think it looks like to boast? You're just talking about the first Corinthians verse to boast in our weakness. What does that look like for us as mothers? You know, that's one of the things that sometimes there's passages that I will just, you know, even simple things that we read in scripture that I'm like, but what does that mean? And I feel like Mm. I'll stay in it for so long going, God, okay, I see this, but what does it mean? What does it mean? And yeah. And so in motherhood, I think there's a lot of different ways. One, I think it's to live within our limits. So to boast in our weaknesses to go, okay, God, I'm a limited person. I can't, Mm -hmm. I need sleep, you know, so you can't stay up till three in the morning and then get up with your baby at six in the morning, (laughs) you know, like sometimes that happens where you, you know, life, but, um, you know, I'm limited. I'm limited in my schedule. I'm limited in my abilities and my energy. Um, and so first I think it's living within our limits as worship. Because when I try to live past my limits, it's not because I'm, it's normally because I want to be the one that does all of this stuff. Um, And I just think that the more we live within our limits, the more we, we worship our God who is limitless. Um, Yes. yes. And so another way is to be open and honest in friendships. And you were talking about friendship just a little while ago, but um, I, you know, I just wonder sometimes whenever I share with other friends they're always like, oh, I've walked through the same thing. And maybe they would have never shared with me if I wasn't willing to share with them the hard things that I'm going through or just send a text and say, hey, I need prayer today. Or, hey, I need a little help with this today. So being open and honest that you don't have it all together. I say this all the time. You will never have it all together on planet Earth. The only human that has ever walked on the Earth's surface that had it all together was Jesus. And he was God in human flesh. So we rely upon him. So, um, you know, to really come before um, others just in that humility and in that weakness, I believe that's another way that it looks. And also in asking for help. Um, You know, we boast in our weakness and and, in asking for help and and in sharing Mm -hmm. about what God has done. I mean, honestly, sharing on this podcast is one way that I'm boasting in the weakness um, that I have walked through. So the power of God, so I'll know it more and so other people will too. And, um, you know, because trust me, my, my fleshly response is not to share with people. I want to hide it. I want to, you know, act like, oh, I've got it all mm-hmm. together. I don't struggle with this. Um, but that's not the way that God calls us. And it's it's in sharing that we actually mm-hmm. find freedom too. And God gets the glory ultimately. Oh, Amen. Am I ever learning that right now? It's just mm. incredible the freedom that comes when we when we're willing to step away from pride and yeah. and humble ourselves in that way. Um, it's incredible. And yeah. yes. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. I actually am gonna go back and listen to everything you just said because <laughs> later <laughs> I just feel like that is just 
um, it, you know, it's it's gold in a sense. So it is just really valuable to our hearts and our minds to um, be refreshed in, in that in that truth. Thank you so much for laying that out so clearly. Because you know, I think when we th- we hear the word boast, we think verbal, like we think. We think boasting, we think bragging, right? Like, mm. look at how weak I am and look at how um, strong I am because of Jesus, which seems right. so, right? We, we often take things so literally. And so I think the way you laid that out is is just incredibly helpful. And it just gives us so much more insight into that verse in general. So mm. I, um, I'm excited. I'm going to make right that I've already written it down to kind of get into that passage and study it a little bit more. Thanks, Gretchen. Yeah, absolutely. Well, <laughs> I guess we're done something... here now. <laughs> I know. Well, I mean, kidding. honestly, though, that's something that I've wrestled with. I Like, mm. I don't read that passage and immediately go, okay, that makes sense. You know, we mm-hmm. read certain sayings in scripture and um, even something simple like cast your cares on the Lord. Okay. That sounds so great and comforting, but what does it really look like? Like in the moment that you're anxious, what Mm -hmm. does that practically look practically look like? And that's -hmm. something I'm really, really passionate about. Um, And that's something I really want to share with well-watered women is just, let's not just, you know, oh, that's a good verse. Like, let's actually apply it to our lives. What does this really look like in the daily life? Because mm. God's word is, it, it transforms us. And, um, but we've also got to be faithful to obey it and to live according to his ways. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. I love that. You, I'm not sure exactly when it was, but you, a few years ago, you opened up online through your platform. Mm-hmm. Can you remind me again, before Well-Watered Women, what was the name? Yes, it was called account? Life Lived Beautifully Before Well-Watered Women. Right. I knew it yes. was three words and it had a, <laughs> it flowed really beautifully like Well-Watered Women. Yes, I think yeah. It was when he, I think it was when you still had that account and um, mm-hmm. you had opened up and shared about anxiety a little bit. I was curious to to know what that was like for you. Was it really difficult to share? And did you experience that freedom in sharing? What was the response? Well, and also, what was the response like from from your followers at that time? Yeah. So that was, I um, had the first panic attack in June on the trip over to Spain. We hosted a um, foreign exchange student the next month. And again, like I said, just my schedule was way too packed. Um, and then that, that fall, I was speaking several times again, still had a baby running a business and was also having health issues and lots of tests done about my gallbladder and had that taken out and post gallbladder, I got so incredibly sick from the surgery. It just, my body didn't respond Mm -hmm. well, which made my anxiety. That's when it got to the all time worst, um, was during that season, um, just the fear and the physical, it was, it was truly, um, unbearable. And that was the lowest of the low. And that was the time where I realized I could not keep leading people from that place. And I needed to be honest. And so I, um, talked to, I own well-watered women with a dear friend. And I talked to her and said, I need to take off. Uh, well, I didn't talk to her. I called her bawling and she was like, okay, we we both agreed I needed to take some time away from um, work, from social media, just to heal, to be present, um, to seek counsel. And so I I shared that with people because I, I wanted them to know. Uh, and that's, again, I don't want to come to people and say, look, I've got the perfect Christian life and following Jesus is so easy. And, you know, it, I want to show people this is what it really looks like and God is faithful in it. So, um, Mm. I shared about it and just got off of social media and it was hard to share about it. I felt, um, you know, exposed and embarrassed, but I also felt confident that that's what I needed to do just to tell women, Hey, this is where I am, but this is who God is in it. And, um, you know, even before I posted, I, I also sought counsel about posting that, you know, I asked my mom and several wise people and had them read it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just want to encourage you in that too, because I think sometimes people feel like, well, I got to go share everything online and that's not the truth. I don't share no. everything online. Um, there's yeah. wisdom in that, but my purpose in it was to point to Christ, you know, to show mm-hmm. that I don't have it all together, but he does. And this is what I'm going to do to take a step back. And, um, so anyways, the response, I mean, just 
So it was, it was crazy at that time, just how many people came and just said, I'm so thankful you did this. I'm going through this. And, um, just the support of people was, was really huge. Um, so yeah, it, you know, it was something that I didn't want to share, but it's something that I've also seen God use in so many ways. And so, um, you know, this story is ultimately for his glory. So that's Mm -hmm. why I want to share it. And like you said, you had so many people come to you and say, I'm going through this as well. Thank you for speaking up. I think that in today's culture, we have two very different approaches to Mm. anxiety. We've got the self-love and then we have biblical truth combined with the resources in our, in our society that God has provided for us to help us Mm. with anxiety. Like sometimes medication is necessary and Mm -hmm. sometimes, you know, and counseling, like you say, I'm a firm believer in counseling as well. Biblical Mm -hmm. counseling being um, available as a gift to us. So what, what are your thoughts about some of those helps and just kind of what the struggle is for for women today and and even in social media and what we're seeing you know we get fed this message of self-care self-care and what that looks like from the world's perspective and then we have self-care from a biblical perspective do you want to elaborate a little bit more on that and kind of your own personal journey with that yeah I mean honestly that's been um something that I've had to navigate very carefully and just behind the scenes reading, studying a lot. Um, before I share things on online or on social media, um, it's something that normally I have wrestled with and, and kind of thought about from all different angles. And so um, there's a lot of things in the self-care movement that give women false empty hope. You know, that if you go get a pedicure, you're going to and, and take a bath every night that everything's going to go away or, you know, put you first above everybody else. And that is not what we see scripturally. And mm-hmm. I guarantee if you do that, you're not going to find the freedom that you're looking for. Yeah. But there is a self-care and a soul care that is biblical and so important. I mean, you even see Christ getting away from the crowds to go pray right. and be alone with the Father. Um, you know, you see the biblical spiritual disciplines that Christ modeled for us. You know, are we really taking a Sabbath? Are we really meditating on the truth? Are we really, um, you know, trusting in him with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength? And, and so when it comes back to, you know, ultimately our soul is going to impact ourself, (laughs) like your soul inhabits your entire body. And like, we are a body. But someday when you die, your body's going to be left here. Your soul mm-hmm. is, is, is separate. And so we do need to take care of ourselves physically, and that honors the Lord. Um, and mm-hmm. so, you know, for me during those, that season of bad anxiety, I stopped exercising. I, um, you know, any free time I had was filled with work and things to do. Um, and, and there was just a lot of unhealthy decisions in that. And again, I mean, this was doing ministry too. I just want to say that, um, mm-hmm. you know, I felt like I, I need to be doing this stuff all the time. I always need to be creating and writing and working and serving. And, um, you know, there was no margin. So if something happened, the stress level would go out, you know, out the roof. And so um, really learning, okay, what does it mean to take care of, of myself so I can take care of others and be faithful to the Lord as a journey. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I've really gone back to several things that are just non-negotiable and so important. And being in the word, I, I have to be in God's word. You know, some days that looks like 30 to 45 minutes. Some days it looks like sitting there with my little boy on my lap, um, looking at a passage on my phone and just thinking about one specific verse, you know, and, and coming back to that throughout the day. But I have to be anchored in God's word. And, um, you know, one of the other things that something that's so popular right now is meditation and mindfulness. Well, Mm -hmm. um, you know, from the world's point of view, you meditate to empty yourself. You know, you're mindful of the moment. But really, when you look at it scripturally, you see meditation. I mean, 
it, it transforms our minds when we meditate on God's word. And a lot of times we read God's word, we study it, but do we really just sit and meditate on it? Um, and mm-hmm. just think about like right now I'm going through Psalm 136 and just thinking about, um, you know, it's give thanks to the Lord for he is good for his steadfast love endures forever. You know, you say that, but when you start thinking about it, just really, really sitting there, like give thanks to him for he is good for his steadfast love endures forever. God, what does that mean in, in this moment, in this, you know, circumstance, how can I give thanks to you? And it just begins to transform you. And mm-hmm. so Christian meditation is to fill your mind with yes. the truth to stay yes. your mind on Christ. Um, mm-hmm. And Christian mindfulness is to be mindful of, of Christ, to be mindful of him in yeah. the moment. Um, there's a book called practicing the presence of God by brother Lawrence. And I've read it four or five times. And um, he was just so mindful of the presence of God and wanted to just do everything for his glory. And um, that book, every time I read it, I'm just reminded we truly live we live in his presence and I want to, um, I want my mind to be stayed on him. I want to be aware of him. So there's a lot of, you can't take your theology and your doctrine from social media. That's the worst idea to do. You have to yes. be rooted in God's word, rooted in God's word. And you have to be, um, established in a church and in a local body of believers to keep you accountable Yeah, and, um, to, and also to be discerning. And so be very wise and discerning over what advice you're receiving from the internet. Um, I mean, there's, there's even some Christian accounts that I'll read and I'll go, this is not, this is not the truth yes. of scripture, but it sounds so good. Sounds I know. so good. I know. But yeah. this is not the truth of scripture that really, really offers hope. And so yeah, um, I've, yeah, I've read a lot of books on um, anxiety, panic, all those things. And I've read a wide array of um, clinical books, non-Christian, Christian books, psychology books, and they all come back to the same principles, but they're, and, and when you read the non-Christian ones, I go, you, how did you even get this? Cause it comes from scripture, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, and some of the things yeah. are you, you need to be mindful of your body. So when you start feeling stress, you know, our stress and our, our actions come from a, a thought, so to be able to identify, which is Second Corinthians 10, 4 through 5, take every thought captive to obey Christ. Well, you can't take your thoughts captive if you're not aware of them. You know, sometimes right. I would be so anxious and I would have no idea why I was so anxious because I, I didn't know where the thought was coming from. So um, through a lot of practice, I'm, I'm able to really track that and go, oh, wait a second. You know, that happened and I started believing this lie or I started doubting or you know, fearing this and I shouldn't fear it. So it's, it's a practice to take our thoughts captive, but you see that in, you know, these non-Christian books, but ultimately that's rooted in scripture. And, you know, we don't just take them captive and make them positive. We, we make them obey Christ and his word. And so, um, sorry if I'm going on too long on this one. There's so many different thoughts for it in different directions to go. No, and I think that is all so rich and so valuable. Um, when we think about what the Bible has to say for mental illness or, you know, or even more mild struggles, um, with, with worrying and, and mm-hmm. fearing, uh, I think one of the hardest things that, um, Christians or one of the things that Christians wrestle with a lot is that they're, when they go into the word of God, desperate for answers to what they're struggling with, um, they can come out feeling um, empty if if mm. they're looking for something specific and then they don't find it, right? Right. And and again, I'm I'm wanting to bring this back to you have to be in the Word regularly and mm-hmm. rehearsing the truths of who God is because there is power in taking the focus off of ourselves we were never meant to be obsessed with ourselves and when our mind when our thoughts are all in captivating right when our thoughts Mm -hmm. are dictating the way that we feel and the way that we um, behave it it's just going to get worse if we're not remembering and reverting our attention back on to who god is do you have any thoughts on that that time investment Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, one thing we don't always read, like, I think it's easy to, to not read, read God's word when we don't feel like it. 
And mm-hmm. that's, again, that's a discipline. Um, even yes. when you don't feel like it, we read the word. And one of the most transformational things um, that I've even known is just reading all of God's word and staying in a book of the Bible or a passage. As you read it, no matter what your circumstance, God still speaks. His word is living and active. Right. And, right. you know, the more, you know, as I've dealt with panic at times, um, when I read the Psalms, I mean, David, I really, it sounds like he struggled with panic, the way that he describes how he feels at times. Um, mm-hmm. Even I mm-hmm. have this open in Psalm 55 that um, he says, you know, give ear to my my prayer, O God, and hide not yourself from my plea for mercy. Attend to me and answer me. I am restless in my complaint, and I moan because of the noise of the enemy, because of the oppression of the wicked. For they drop trouble upon me, and in anguish they bear a grudge against me. And listen to this. He says, My heart is in anguish within me. The terrors of death have fallen upon me. Fear and trembling come upon me, and horror overwhelms me. I mean, it just sounds like a panic attack. Um, yes, it does. And yes. so, you know, the more you read scripture, the more you see... And you know what's amazing? A lot of people don't realize this. This is the beginning of Psalm 55. And the end is where he says, cast your cares, your burdens on the Lord, Mm. because the righteous will never be shaken. Well, the beginning of this Uh. chapter, you're reading it, and he's literally saying death is surrounding him, you know, and he's, he doesn't even know, know what to do. Um, And yet, this is what it looks like to cast your cares on the Lord. You you come to God in that moment of weakness and anguish and fear and so, um, anyways, I, I just, I think of that and I see it in scripture and go, wow, God, even in scripture, I'm not alone. This is not new. And you are faithful. Um, you know, even when our feelings are all over the place and, and you were talking about that with your thoughts, I, I've been so challenged again, just to mm-hmm. know God's word. Um, yes. you know, the more I read about the brain, I read a lot about the brain lately. I just think it's fascinating and, yes, it you is. know, neuroplasticity <laughs> and stuff like that. And I'm yes. going, oh my goodness, I want my brain to be shaped like to, according to God's word. You know, I want God's word to be what shapes my thoughts yes. and, and it's not going to shape me if I'm just reading it for a few minutes in the morning and then going for the rest of the day you know, scrolling social media, reading articles, it won't shape Mm -hmm. me. Those things will shape me. And, Mm -hmm. um, and so I personally am really, um, you know, seeking to implement the practice of memorizing scripture and meditating on it, spending time in, in silence. I mean, and sometimes it looks like just right before I go to bed, I'm laying in bed and my husband might be next to me reading a book or something. And I'm laying there just with my eyes shut, just praying and thinking about one specific verse or one attribute attribute of God mm-hmm. and really just meditating on that. And um, it's hard because my mind wanders a lot, but I just have to bring mm-hmm. it back and go, okay, God, I'm coming back to this truth of who you are. Yeah. So um, that's something I'm really seeking to, to implement in my own life. Mm, love that. In some of your lowest moments, uh, the panic attack with the panic attacks, what, what are some of the really tangible ways that friends and family have come around you and supported you and lifted you up? Yeah. Um, so in a lot of different ways, I mean, through actually being there physically for me, through being a listener, listening ear, mm-hmm. through reminding me of truth, um, through, you know, practically reminding me to breathe. And to, Mm. to, to relax, you know, when you're panicky and anxious, your breathing changes, which changes your body. And there's a lot of bodily things that happen. So you slow it down by breathing, but breathing's really hard in that moment. So you need someone to help you breathe. Um, and going on a walk with them, um, to talk. And I mean, just truly my family members who have talked to me about the truth of God's word and the truth about um, you know, who I am in him and my circumstances and they just keep bringing it back. And, you know, I think my mom specifically, sometimes when I do, you know, she'll say something and I'll start to doubt it, you know, about the Lord. She'll go, she'll call me out on it too. You know, she's mm-hmm. faithful to go, Gretchen, that is not the truth. That is not the truth from the Lord. And, wow. um, so just loving me, listening, and also being bold enough to tell me, Hey, that's a lie that you're believing and we've got to replace it with the truth. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, just being patient too. being yeah. patient is, is big because when you're having anxiety, I mean, normally you're also 
you know, you may be struggling with other things too, just feel, feeling like a failure because you're having anxiety and things like that. And it can just be yes. something you sink into really easily and you need somebody to help you not, not sink, you know, regain that perspective. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and shame shame is such a difficult part of this, right? We can really battle shame um, when we're wrestling with anxiety. Um, and so just r- those reminders, like you're saying, uh, reminding other mothers if you're walking it with them that, um, you know, this doesn't define who you are and reminding them of who they are in Christ, I think is so huge. Mm-hmm. It's so huge. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, Gretchen, you're, I don't even know how an hour went by so fast, but <laughs> you have such a, a wonderful, as we've talked about, your online ministry um, has really, truly had an impact on my own walk with the Lord, and I'm so thankful for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to ask you, because I know you're so passionate about this, but what does Well Watered mean to you? Yeah. And how can we apply this to struggles in our own lives, specifically with a mental health struggle? What is, yeah, how does well-watered um, apply to this? Yeah, being so well-watered? Um, the well-watered woman, the whole concept comes from Isaiah fifty-eight eleven, And I'm going to pull it up really quick just so I say it clearly on this yeah. podcast episode. Yeah. Um, it says, and the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your desire in scorched places and make your bones strong, and you will be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. And in the NIV, it says like a well-watered garden. And mm. I read that several years ago, and was like, this is how this is how God meant for us to live. Um, you know, He does the impossible. He satisfies us in scorched places. He makes us strong um, when we are weak, and and all of that happens through relying on Him, through knowing His Word. And, um, ultimately God's word is like a well. And when Jesus met the woman at the well, he said he would offer her water that she would never thirst again, you know, streams of water that would well up to eternal life. Mm -hmm. And that, that stream of water, you know, it wasn't like he handed her a cup of water. He was giving her himself. So the well, the well-watered woman is a woman who knows Christ, who knows God's word. And it doesn't mean that you're not going to walk through the desert. Um, as a matter of fact, I have, I have several, I've, I've got a cactus downstairs. I've got two of them, but I love these little cactuses. I, I think about them all the time and what it means. They store up water in them. You know, you don't have to water them too much. Um, cactuses store up water for the dry seasons. And that's what we're supposed to do. You know, in mm-hmm. those seasons where, yeah, it's flourishing, we have to be relying on God's word. And uh, memorizing it, hiding it in our hearts for the dry seasons of anxiety. And, um, you know, when when the anxiety lifts, sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm free. I'm so glad. And it's easy to forget. And then when it comes back, to to be so discouraged. And so we we apply the truth by always being in God's word, hiding Mm -hmm. it in our our hearts, by not saying, oh, I'm fine. I don't need to... um, memorize God's word anymore or spend time in it because I'm, I'm doing okay. No, yeah. like you need it just as much as when you're anxious. So to be well-watered is to abide in him, to know the word, to love the word, and to rely on him. So Gretchen, what, what hope um, can we offer to mothers as we support each other in this journey? Um, and specifically, what, what kind of maybe advice or hope do you want to encourage other women with today? Yeah. So the first thing would be know that you're not alone. I mean, that's the biggest thing in anxiety and panic is to feel like a failure, to feel like you're the only one, to feel like you are just alone in it. And it's not the truth at all. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not the truth. So to know that you are not alone. Um, also to know that God made our bodies and he understands what's going on in them. He understands, um, the hormones, the brain, you know, everything that's going on. And so, um, in a lot of ways, you know, I've, I've had to learn to just take a step back and go, wow, God, you know, you know what you're doing and you've also equipped wise doctors to understand, um, you know, much about the body and the brain and hormones and things like that. And, um, so it's made me so much more in awe of how things work together. You know, how our thoughts can actually affect our stomachs and our digestion and our, 
I mean, everything that just amazes me that, you know, God gave us his word, his living and active word to transform all of that. Mm -hmm. And so I'd also just encourage that mama, um, you know, if it's something that I think it's good to see a doctor too, you know, um, see a doctor, maybe get blood work or talk to your doctor about what's going on. Um, or, you know, a wise Christian counselor. I have, I've talked to many, a doctor, um, for both of the things that I've gone through and um, been on anxiety medication and, uh, really went through a lot of shame about that at first, um, feeling like I was a failure as a Christian needing, Mm -hmm. um, a a medication like that. And one of my friends who is a Christian and she's a doctor, she just, oh, she encouraged me so much. And she just said, she'd actually had to be on anxiety medication for a while. And she said, Gretchen, this is a common grace. We live in a fallen world. Um, you need to accept this way that God, God is providing for you because, um, you know, it's not just relying on that, but it's also making so many changes in my lifestyle seeing a Christian counselor, being in God's word, you don't just rely on something like that alone. Um, that coincides with, you know, counseling with, um, you know, being in God's word and fellowship, all of those things. And so I would encourage you to do that too. And and even just to take time, it's okay to get away for a little bit and just to breathe and to be still. And mm-hmm. it's hard too. Um, as a mom, you've, you've always got things to do. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's just a moment of surrender to go, okay, God, I'm not going to do the dishes right now. I'm just going to sit in your presence. Um, and sometimes when we sit in his presence, it's really uncomfortable. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when you just sit there, but to really practice taking those thoughts captive in those moments. Um, yes. And so I would just really encourage you with, with all of those things. And uh, I wrote a study a few years ago called Breathe, and it was 40 days of prayer in the Psalms. And um It was so cool because it came from the quote from Martin Luther that he says, you know, that for the Christian, um, praying is our breath, basically. Like we, Mm. that's the breath of a Christian. Prayer is the breath of a believer. And so it was praying through Psalms. And the more that I've, you know, studied about panic and anxiety, and it goes back so much to the breath. And I just think, isn't that so cool? Like we breathe in reliance on God. So when we slow down Mm -hmm. and, and, and are paying attention to our breaths, we're relying on God. You know, we, we don't have a breath on our own. It's from him. And so um, just encourage you to take those moments to just breathe and be with the Lord and to pray and, um, and to not walk through it alone because you're not alone. Yeah, that's such good wisdom. Thanks, Gretchen, for that. Okay, I've got a fun question for you before you go. Yeah. If you had four hours all to yourself and someone had already cleaned your whole house for you, how would you spend that time? Probably take a nap (laughs) (laughs) because then I could really rest because the house was clean. Mm -hmm. Um, Either make a good cup of coffee or grab a good cup of coffee, read a book. Um, I love to read or go on a walk, um, you know, visit with a friend or even just do something creative. I love to create. And I just started doing um, embroidery, some embroidery for fun. I got like a kit. Mm. And so even just having the time to do something fun like that, yeah, I would probably, those are all really filling things to me. Aside from, and this is, this is all to myself. So that's like, my answer would be very different if I was with my family and the house was clean. Yes. But that's, yeah, it's time to yourself for sure. Okay. What are some of your favorite books that you've read recently? Mm, that's a hard question. I read a lot of books and I read a lot of different things. I was just, oh, I was just thinking about that today. One of my favorite books this year was 12 Ways Your Phone Is Changing You by um, Tony Reinke. I loved that. It was so challenging and so encouraging. Um, mm. So I read that one this year. Honestly, I read a wide variety of books um, mm. all the time, and I've got several that are open right now, but I'm kind of blanking on some of the other books. I was even rereading. Have you ever read the classic High Speed on High Places? Oh, my goodness. That so is I've the been, book. Yeah. Yes. I've been rereading so that good. one, and so it is, it's so good. It's just – it's such a beautiful story. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so I've been rereading that one and it's been really good too. Yeah, it is. It's one to go back to, um, you know, and that's actually the book that God brought into my path last year when I was in the middle of my, my own battle, um, with mental illness. And I really believe that that was actually where I started realizing how much of a grip fear and pride had had on my whole life previous. And that's where I, God really used that, that story. And I read it slowly. Like I would just read a little bit every night. And that is one of the ways that I believe God prevented me from having nightmares during such a scary time was that I was filling my mind with that as I fell asleep every night. Mm, And oh, it was huge, Gretchen. It Mm. was such a huge, I would recommend that book again and again uh, to people um, because it is so powerful and it's an allegory. So it's a little strange when you start reading it, but as you start, oh, I love to, it. Oh, it's yeah. good. It's so rich. Yeah. yeah. So that one's really good. One book I did read this year that I really liked was Finding Quiet by J.P. Moreland. And um, he's a seminary professor who dealt with anxiety and panic attacks. And mm-hmm. um, he goes a lot into the medication side too, like a Christian view of it. And it was a very good book. And I was very thankful that he, um, that he wrote that. And Mm. I just think it'll bring a lot of freedom to people too. Gretchen, thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, This has been a great conversation. I could talk to you for so much longer. And uh, thank you so much for having me. I loved getting to talk to you. And I really hope that um, this is an encouraging and a a freeing conversation for women. Mm -hmm. Me too. There were so many ways that God spoke to me through my time talking with Gretchen. I've been thinking a lot about how I need to be like a cactus, storing up water to sustain me when a dry season comes. It's such an important image for us to remember. If something in today's conversation really spoke to you, I would love to hear from you over on Instagram at Knowing Motherhood Podcast or on Facebook at Knowing Motherhood. As always, resources mentioned in this episode will be in the show notes. And if you have an extra couple of minutes, please quickly leave a review. Each one honestly feels like a gift, and it really does help with bringing other mothers to to our show. And yeah, I'm really excited to share next week's episode with you. So click on the subscribe button if you haven't already to get notifications as soon as it's live. I've Pray you have a really great week, friends, and I'll see you here next week.